Hi folks, a shout out this week to Sharon Pask, who did a review of the Take On Board podcast. Thanks, Sharon. She says, gender pay gap episode, very informative session with Emma Ray. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sharon, for taking the time to do a review. We love to get reviews here. And thanks to Emma for doing that episode. Second announcement for this week. This week we're hearing from Kari Hatch. And listen right through to the end of the episode where she shares resources because not only does she share some resources in the episode itself, but sent me a voice memo afterwards with some additional ones. So there's some gold in there. Radio on with the show. Welcome to the Take On Board podcast. I'd like to start by acknowledging that I am recording on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to Elders past, present and future. I also acknowledge and respect the continuation of cultural, spiritual and educational practice of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, and I extend that respect to any First Nations people we might have here with us today. Being on a board can be an incredibly valuable, interesting and exciting experience. Yet it can also be lonely, challenging and, let's face it, pretty hard. So here at Take On Board, I'll bring you weekly tips, tricks and advice to help you navigate your way onto a board, onto your next board and to build your governance wisdom. Now, on with the show. Today on the Take On Board podcast, I'm speaking with Mags Bell about silencing the inner critic. First, let me tell you about Mags. Mags is an international speaker, author and awareness expert who works with major influencers and leaders around the world to cut, polish and reset their inner diamonds, allowing them to step up into leading me. With her 25 years plus experience in business and speaking, also over 60,000 hours in coaching. 60,000 hours, that's a lot. Anyway, we'll come back to that. She assists those top influencers and leaders to their authentic, balanced self, which makes them better decision makers, leading to a less complicated life, both privately and in business. She enables them to bring out their own brilliance, which propels the creation of powerful results. She lives with her love and partner in life of 32 years, Paul, and her fur baby, Rory, on the Gold Coast, Australia. Welcome to the Take On Board podcast, Mags. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. It is fabulous to have you. We'll keep an eye out. Well, I was going to say for the fur baby, Rory, but I guess also for the love and partner in life might wander in as well. This is the joys of uh, recording when people are at home. (laughs) So... As always, before we delve into the inner critic and silencing the inner critic, let's dig a little bit deeper about you. Can you tell me what young Mags would say about your journey to now? I think she would be astounded and going, how the hell did we get here? (laughs) Because when when my life first started, I was sure I was going to be a PE teacher. (laughs) So... So I could be far enough away from that, other than the fact I'm still in education, if you like, just education in a different format. So 
I think she would be astounded and I think she would be absolutely thrilled that we didn't take the path we thought we were going to. Mm-hmm. And of course, in life, I do remember the young Mags being devastated over the fact that she never got into PE college. Mm-hmm. Because at that point in time in my life, I was Scottish school badminton. I was county swimmer. And I managed to get a game from a national team in netball. So my life revolved around sport. And and it's where I first started coaching, to be honest. I had coaching certificates and various things because this was going to be my job. This is what I was meant to be. And there was 250 applicants for 25 places in a place called Dumpf which was the Fairmont College of Physical Education, the only female college in Scotland. And I'd only gone for the one because my focus was that. Mm. And I was so focused and determined and still am to this day that it never dawned on me someone would say no. They did. And the reason, understandably, was I hadn't even sat my exams yet. And there was people who already had the qualifications. So I was absolutely devastated at age what 17 or 18 or whatever it was and I thought my life had ended I really Mm -hmm. did and I look back and I go oh fantastic what happened (laughs) Mm. at an early age I was told no and I had never really understood that yeah and then I realized where it's landed me is exactly where I should be Sometimes we see these things, curveballs come in and we, at certainly at that age and even older, you get devastated over these things because you have fully immersed yourself in it. You have full expectations that's going to happen. You will not take anything else. So it's like, now where am I? I did feel lost at that point. And I sort of lost a year. And I, the way I see that is I lost a year of what I thought I was doing, but I got a year of new things and weird and wonderfuls coming in so yeah that 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 was a young mags looking going wow look at what we've done now and it's so interesting isn't it when things don't work out quite the way you expected you know of course as doors close other doors open and it's being open to those other ones I was listening to a book recently, an audio book. I think it's called The Squiggly Career or something along those lines. You know, they were talking in the book about it's not a ladder from here, this step to the next step to the next step to the next step. It's a squiggly line that goes all over the place. And almost everybody, I certainly, everybody I know, I think has had a squiggly line career. I certainly feel like I've had a squiggly line career and it sounds like yours was here's the first step and you didn't get on the ladder for that first step. So you took off in another direction. Yeah, and I know that most people listening will totally get the image, and I've seen it so many times, and it is a squiggly line where they have A to B, and A is lower than B, and there's a straight line, and then you've got the squiggly line that goes everywhere to B, Um, and that is life. Certainly when I was younger, I thought it was A to B, you know, that I was black and white, and that event helped me see some greys. It took a bit of time, but it, it allowed me to see the greys and I had to grieve that whole process. Uh, I had to decide whether I keep going for that or do something else. Um, these are the points in life that actually determine you as a person. I love the squiggly line. That's just uh, yes. because that's exactly there is no one who doesn't have a squiggly line, 
even if they just perceive it as A to B, right? Yeah. But we get there in different ways to what we expect. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, it probably, if I can segue to today's conversation, it probably connects in a way. I mean, you've been studying and researching human behaviour for quite a while. And with today's conversation about the inner critic, first tell me, what is the inner critic? How does it show up for people? And then maybe we can have a chat about the goods and the bads of that inner critic and how it plays out for people. But what is the inner critic? What does it look like? Firstly, I mean, you, you hear the saboteur, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so for me, there's the inner voice and there's the inner critic. The inner voice is actually the, the one true voice. So in leading me terms that uh, developed over the years, that's when that inner being is totally meshed with the outer being, that physical being. And if you imagine, if you take your two hands and put them straight in front of you, and then you mesh them both together, like in prayer, mm-hmm. or one behind the other, which is the, uh, that is your leading me. That's you right in the middle. You're mm-hmm. now completely balanced. When we're looking at the inner critic, if you take one hand and move it, your own right side, that's you bigging it up as far as, your ego is out of control. So I want to touch on ego at the same time here because it's really important and it works in. Please, everybody out there, stop saying leave your ego at the door. It's bollocks, (laughs) right? Because we need ego. Ego is really important, right? It's when we balance our ego and that's where leading me is, that allows us that knowing, that wonderful sense of confidence that's a great place to be, right? Yeah. What we need to concentrate is balance, bring your balanced ego into the boardroom, right? Because when we're out of balance, that is when we go into bigging it. So if you move your hand to the right, you're now bigging it. That is in the leading me ladder of leadership. That's you, I have to control this situation, I'm going to judge. Mm-hmm. Judging yeah. control is bigging it. Yeah. On the opposite side, and this is where the inner critic comes in, we also have you, if you then take your left hand and you move it to the side, that's you belittling. Mm. And what we're doing is we can big someone and we can big ourselves or we can belittle someone or belittle ourselves. The inner critic is when we belittle ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's the, when are we doing that? And what's the catalyst that causes us to allow our egos to take over us, Mm. right? And then we become out of balance. So when we're out of balance and we're either at the bigging or the belittling, that's when life is really hard. That's when things get overwhelming. That's when we get into negativity. So the easiest thing is to be able to bring yourself back into that middle ground of complete balance of the ego. Now I'm in knowing, now I'm in confidence. So for me, there is that inner voice, which is you sitting in that square middle part, that bit that runs through the middle of you. When I'm leading me, everything goes well yes because I just know this is the right thing to do when I'm on either side it's really hard it's difficult it's plodding people are difficult 
then I start telling me that, look, I'm not as good. So particularly in the boardroom, I feel they're better than me. So I've just moved to that feeling bad about me, but actually I'm making them bigger than they really are. First job of moving into the boardroom. Oh my God, I'm not good enough. I've not actually done these things before. What will yeah. I know? I hope they'll accept me. All of that is you allowing your ego to run you. You are no good to anyone when you're out with that leading me part of sheer love, sheer brilliance, shining your brilliance everywhere because you're in that total, I may not know the answer, but mm -hmm. I'm confident that I may not know the answer. Yes. It's different from, oh my God, I don't know the answer. I better shut up. I better not say it. I better, right? That is the inner critic. Interesting. I, I love that distinction between the inner critic and the inner voice because the inner voice can have loads of value to questioning yourself if you are questioning yourself from a position of strength and confidence as opposed to, you know, as you say, either too much ego or not enough ego, whichever it might be. In the boardroom, you've got a bunch of different individuals and some of those people may be on one side, some may be on the other, some may be in the centre. So it also is not just for the individual but for the group dynamics to operate in a healthy way and to ensure that you can have robust conversations and psychological safety for those robust conversations. You need to have that in balance. So what's your advice to people both for themselves, for keeping themselves in balance, and also for working with others where they might observe they're not quite in balance. The biggest thing of all when people are not in balance is that we don't then join them. Mm. <laughs> right, so if we're in the, as I call it, the leading me space, so that middle section where I'm really, truly leading me, I'm really confident about what I'm saying and what I'm doing. Mm. I may not know what the right answer is, but I, I'm aware that I can ask the right questions. Yes. But I don't have to think about that. I just know I've, this question's appeared. I can answer it in a really confident manner or ask it, sorry, in a real confident manner yes. that it's not going to be viewed as anything else other than a question because I'm yeah. right in the middle. The worst part of all is when someone is, I don't say... We've got too much ego. We've got the same amount of ego. It's just whether it's balanced or not, right? Yes. Is yep. it in the bigging side or is it in the belittling side? You can actually use your ears. We have two ears, one mouth. The more we can use this in the boardroom, the more power we have actually in the knowing because I'm listening carefully. On the ladder of leadership, the visual is really easy. You're either one side or the other or you're in the middle. Where are they at? And if they're bigging it, I'm this and we've done that and I know how to and we should be following this and we've done this before. If that's the situation, the last thing you need to do is either go to, oh my God, they are so powerful and I've never, I don't really know how to deal with them because you're now belittling self. Yes. Unfortunately, we live in a world of polarity, a world of balance, right? Yeah. So the easiest thing is we move out of balance to balance the person. Okay. So that causes issues because you go into bigging them, which means I have to belittle me. If, on the other hand, they are bigging and you decide you want to big with them, <laughs> yes. that 
happens and at some point both of you are going to have to face up may not be in the boardroom at that moment but later on or sometime you're then going to have to belittle yourself the easiest and best space to be in is that middle part where you're just listening you're able to Mm. put them on that whether it's which side of the ladder of leadership are they on are they actually bigging it or are they belittling or are they actually coming from a space of confidence, understanding, awareness, clarity, willing to listen, willing to learn? Or are they somewhere else? And if they are, it's helping them back to that middle ground. Helping them back to that middle ground. And I think what I'm hearing is, is the more kind of centred you are on the middle ground, if you're, I don't know, I feel like it's almost, uh, I don't know, pitching a tent or something and you've got that really strong pegs in the ground and the guy ribs in the ground and that will bring people back to where that is. So it's centering yourself and that will, I don't know, almost naturally, is it, will bring people back to that centre ground with you? It's a really good point and you're spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I talk about leading me, if I don't know me and I'm only aware of bits of me, and I don't know what I really stand for. So, I, you know, many and many a time, and I'd like your audience just to answer for themselves right now. When I ask anyone this question, I get a couple of different answers. What are your values? Mm-hmm. That's your foundation. Yep. Now, if you went, there's this, this, and this, and you can answer it in one word, mm-hmm. and exactly what those mean to you, description-wise, then you know your values. If you went, um, you don't know them. Yeah. So we bandish around these values on corporate walls, on small business walls. They really don't mean that much because we got together as a group, we put them together, now we've got them up there, now we're not living. But actually, what's my personal values? And we don't do enough of this. When I start working with people, I can't tell you, it doesn't matter how high up the tree they are, the Mm. normally the answer I get is, "Um, well, probably, and it's probably and think, and which tells me they do not know them well enough. Yes. So that's where we have, have to start. That's our foundation. If we don't get our foundation right, then one, we don't have the right boundaries to be able Mm. to say no. Mm -hmm. Um, which then causes us to go out and allow ego to master us but Mm -hmm. the idea is for you to master ego and stay in that center ground so Mm -hmm. when I know me leading me so well that's the tent pitch so I'm really centered I don't have to show anybody how great I am by the way I've seen this before and I know that this doesn't work right that's just bigging it up and it's full of emotion so if you're full of emotion it is knackering emotion and we do this to ourselves all the time right mm. so we had an emotion when we were out there and I, I have this analogy about in the movies so yeah. when you're sitting and watching a movie and if you imagine your two fingers your two four fingers your thumb and your forefinger in l shapes in front of you as if you're looking at a little tv that you've made okay mm-hmm. and then you bring those back and put them underneath your eyes you're in the movie so you're sitting in the movie theater you're watching all these things happening and you're oh my god i got afraid of my life look at what happened there and oh my 
Oh, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. You are in the movie. You are reacting to everything. Mm-hmm. Then someone comes in and you hear a crisp packet going beside you. And all of a sudden, take your thumbs away from your face, bring them right out. That's your screen. You're now looking at the screen, but you're also looking at everything else. You're now in observation mode. You are yeah. not in emotion anymore. Yeah. Right? So I often say to people, are you in the movie? In mm-hmm. fact, most of the time I just use the signals, which is the thing, the thumbs underneath, bring it out, and they yeah. get the point straight away. Okay. And they yeah. go, oh God, yeah, I was in there. So yeah. it's the language that your board speaks on yeah. that type of thing. Mm. It's really easy to be able to just put a signal to someone that in the movie. Yeah, and yeah. to be centered, you're out of the movie. When you're either bigging it or belittling, you are in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's all emotional stuff. Yeah. The more we can get into that calm space, the more we're listened to. And let's face it, for those ladies out there who are listening, men don't always get this. But women, if we are showing emotion of any sort, whether it's passionate or not, there's something wrong with us. And we're probably on our period or something along this mm. Right? Mm. If a male does it, he's just been passionate about it. Oh, it's so frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> so we can keep ourselves away from those nth degrees of the ego mastering us in the emotional sense and they're out here on bigging or belittling, then we can bring ourselves back into this space where confidence sits, where I can speak without having to throw major emotion in, but I can Mm -hmm. still make my point and I can still make it really clear. And Mm -hmm. people sit up and go, wow. Now, this is extremely important for women. Mm -hmm. Whether we like it or not, the men see something else. Well, I'm wondering in that about, again, when women are centred in that space as well, whether they can actually show emotion, but because they are centred in it, it is somehow perceived differently. I don't know if that's the case. I'm thinking about all of this research and talk about showing vulnerability and being authentic and all of those sorts of things. My guess is, you're the expert, you can tell me in a moment, but I'm guessing that, again, if if we are centred, whether we're male or female, we can probably show that emotion in a way but from a place of centeredness means that it is um I'm not sure what the word is more confident more commanding whatever it may be clients often said to me many moons ago Max how did you get me to become this confident yes. well, well I didn't you did and it's like yeah but what did you do and I'm going, I, I don't know and it wasn't until years and years of me doing this um, I don't want to sound as if I'm really old, but I'm getting on a bit. So, and I own it. I'm quite happy to own it. Thank God with all these years of experience. But it's much more of a, I, I one, I don't get them confident. They get themselves confident. But yes, what yes. I was doing was, now that I understand how this what really works, and I love the neuro side of things, I love the behavioral side of that, I love all of that. But in my terms, my leading me terms, all I was doing was bringing people back into the center. Yes. And when we do that, we command, right? So to get back to the point you made earlier, when I thought I was in leadership development all those years, mm-hmm. 
I thought I was developing leaders to lead people. Yes. That's not true. I and many others, although some others haven't clicked yet, we have been here to help leaders lead themselves because mm -hmm. others follow. Yeah. So going back to your point about the boardroom and you doing that, it then makes them, so if they're bigging it up and you come in commandingly in a way where you are not throwing emotion around everywhere, you're not allowing emotion to get to you, but what you're doing is you're sitting in that real confidence about what you're saying and the fact that you've seen that they're there and you come in with a commanding voice over something because you're out of the movie, you're able to observe come up with the right things at the right time because you're giving yourself space you're not filling mm. it with emotion which then drags you to either end which is really your ego dragging you to either end you're actually mastering your ego which means it comes over way more commanding and then others follow yeah it's why when you've got a chairman or you have someone in who is really that you're feisty and then all emotion and whatnot, everybody ends up like that. Yes. <laughs> no one's keeping themselves centered to then be the flag on that yes. tent going, follow me. Interesting. I was going to ask about that because I can imagine when the, the chair or the facilitator, whoever of that group is centered, everybody is centered. When the chair is not quite so centered, if other members of that group or board in this instance can retain that centeredness, I guess, it might be that they can then almost draw the chair closer to them. Right. So the question I would ask you at this point and the listeners, when you don't join the party on all the emotion, how mm. much more powerful do you feel and how many people then go towards you rather mm. than the other person? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And there's times when even if you are the only centred and everybody else is going, how much better do you feel the fact that you're centred? Yeah, it's true. The only time is when you join them, you get more frustrated because they're getting frustrated and you're getting So all you're doing is joining the ego party. Mm. Yeah. So master yeah. your ego and you're the one that then becomes the light actually leading me that helps them follow you okay it makes perfect sense and in fact it's such a it then moves away from almost it's their fault oh what can I do to change them it's like don't worry about them don't worry about them at all focus on you focus on your own centered centeredness and that will have the influence around you the biggest thing that we have to get over about ourselves is we can't actually change anyone I personally can help change people's behavior. I am not changing their behavior. Yeah, exactly. I'm showing them ways of changing behavior. Right? Mm. I have a model called the bar model, which yeah. helps people feedback, right? So a Venn diagram that helps people feedback yes. so that people take responsibility because we usually play at the top end of the bar model, okay? Yes. We don't yes. ever get to that responsibility part. Now, I can help people with tools and things, but they still have to change themselves. Yeah. That's why the bar model is in existence, because just bringing awareness to someone, just feeding back, here's what we need you to change, just yeah. ch changes nothing, right? Yeah. That's yeah. where we work 
and go, oh yeah, that's going to work really well. But it doesn't, it never does. So we have to actually, first of all, look at ourselves and go, okay, if I'm asking someone to do that, what behavior am I showing? Yeah. Because they keep doing this. Yes. So leading me is I have to be very aware of self all the way through. The more I am, the more I know myself, the more I help myself, the less I'll go to that inner critic. Mm-hmm. Which, I, to be honest, there's some people who get such an inner critic, they need a tool to help them. Yes. And, and we'll talk about I've got something that they can go to to help mm-hmm. them. So I've got an actual tool called the four-hour release model that can help, but that helps them get back to center. So it's a tool to help people get back to center. It's not that none of us go through this. And and I still move out of center, right? I'm I'm not perfect. I am a human being, but I have tools to get me back into center so that I know whatever I'm doing is helpful to others to follow but we have to look at there is tools to help us but at the same time the biggest tool of all (laughs) that sounds really good is me (laughs) and I am and I can I can be a useful tool or I can be very unuseful so so we have to look that's a person come up I may use that in future thank you very much (laughs) Um, I often find when I'm doing things like this the universe provides and pops wonderful things in. So we are tools, right? Yes. Let's be useful tools, okay? Because yes. plenty of times in boardrooms, we can yeah. be unuseful tools, right? So Yeah, absolutely. So it's all about the centeredness and how do I get back to center? How can I keep myself centered? And how do I get my points across that will come over way more commanding than what's been put forward, even yes. by someone who seems to be in the centre of power. Yes. Oh, okay. Now, you mentioned the four R's. Take us through that and then I'll get you to summarise into main points. But take us through the four R's that can help people centre themselves. First of all, because some of your listeners may be really, they hear an accent there. They may hear that my Aussie accent is really good, but there's a Scottishness comes through. <laughs> just, a, just a little bit. You can barely <laughs> tell that. <laughs> doesn't matter how long I'm here. It just doesn't. So one of the things I'd say is it's called the four R's. So that's an R. Um, because I sometimes see this and people go, what? <laughs> right. So, so it's the four R's release model. Okay. And Basically, what we'll put in the show notes is a free webinar for you guys, okay? It's a recorded, but it feels live, and there will be live people with you on it as well. It runs top of the hour. You choose an hour, you go and register, and you've got that for the hour, and it'll teach you fully all about the four-hour release model. It'll teach you about the three brains, and it'll teach you that positive thinking does not work, so stop pretending it does. So all of that, people learn from that. But in a quick summary, the four R's are, the first one is recognition. Because if we don't recognize a behavior, if we don't recognize, for example, I'm not good enough. So whatever that little phrase you use against yourself is, or phrases, and some people have many, if you don't know that, you're in deep doo-doo to begin with, 
right? Mm -hmm. But most people are aware enough to know it. It's like, what do I do with it then? Because what happens is I recognize it and then I will use that to pull myself further down (laughs) into that horrible critic, right? Because it's, I'm not good enough. Oh, I've caught myself again. Oh God, I'm never going to get rid of this. Oh no, it's really bad. So there we go, right down into that pit, Mm -hmm. okay? So that's the first. The second R is the one that everyone usually tries to skip, right? And that is recognition followed by reward. Mm -hmm. And reward is, it's the one place because it means we've got to reward ourselves because we love ourselves. Well, why would we do that? So let's skip it. The next one is rephrasing. So we need to rephrase the phrase we have at the beginning into a positive phrase. So we're trying to go from a negative feel to a positive feel. Well, you'll never, ever do that by trying to positively think. Mm -hmm. Now, you've learned this in the webinar, but basically, if positive thinking works, everyone, why have you not got exactly what you want because you're positively thinking? Mm -hmm. Now, there are lots of times we may possibly think positively and we get things, but there's lots of times we don't. However, as soon as we inject feel, it turbocharges everything. So how do I get to that feel? And that's where the second one is so important. And the third one is rinse and repeat. Now, depending how well you do the first three, sometimes we don't have to repeat that. Yes. But because we're habitual, we may need to dig deep on the first three to get not using that fourth one. But I've I've seen me turn it in one go, right? And the reason that I got this model together is because I went through Mrs. Perfect. I had to be perfect. Everything had to be perfect. So it was really control freak hard for me to let go of that inner critic. That's where it came from. And the story is in the webinar. So one, you'll hear the story and you'll get the lessons of all of those. Oh, fantastic. Such a a practical, well, two things, practical tool, practical resource. We've covered so much here. What are the main points you want people to take away from the conversation that we've had today? The first thing would be by focusing on knowing me, right, and knowing yourself and keeping yourself in balance. So, and when I say keeping yourself, keeping your ego in balance, you can lean into leading me and become authentic that's where authenticity really does lie and that is also where you can be vulnerable by the way that's where your best place of vulnerability is when you're in that middle ground of being perfect and it's a perfect place we all are the perfect me accept that with flaws and all right Mm -hmm. and when we accept those flaws as George R.R. Martin the author of it's not Game of Thrones he wrote, but it, basically he was the author of the book. He said, once we accept our flaws, no one can hold them against us. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the work I do with my clients, which is the shadow work. Yes. Looking at the shadow. So once we get to there, then we become a magnet in the boardroom to subordinates, to peers, and mm-hmm. also family, right? Yes. So, and friends. In that middle ground, that's the first one. Second one, mastering your ego into balance is the key to confidence. It's the key to knowing. It's the key to commanding. And it's the key to caring. 
compassion, love, all of that sits there. And the third thing would be know and lead yourself and others will follow. Great message in there, I think, for us individually and for our group dynamics. Now, you've mentioned this already, but is there a resource? I think I can guess what it might be, but is there a resource you would like to share with the Take On Board community? I think there might be a little uh, chance that people might really want to know more about how to silence that inner critic Mm -hmm. by a little webinar. So as I say, it's a free webinar, but I'll pop it in the show notes. There's things like if you're interested in coaching more, and I mean by that, using a coach and and not necessarily me that's not what I'm saying but I wrote a book called what the bleep is coaching Mm -hmm. and I used I I took it from different people from way back who just by being coached some of the stuff they got so it's it's like a case study right so it's so it's like nine case studies different Mm -hmm. levels but it also has a resource at the back of that which is all about making sure that you know how to interview a coach. It gets branded around, you know, oh, yeah, I've got a coach or I'm getting a coach. But sometimes people don't even know why they are and they just get one. So it's getting clear about you and what you would need that for and also the wee resource of how you go about interviewing. That is very useful. So the book's more of a resource than it is, you know, lots of case studies and then on that. The wonderful thing is I've actually used subordinates as well as some leaders. So it allows you to see what happens when you coach people, Yes, the difference it makes in their life. So it comes from different levels on it. So I'd say that's a really good resource if you're wanting to understand more about coaching. I think mm-hmm. in the boardroom, it's not used enough. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I can coach at any point, but we tend to tell a lot in boardroom. Oh. It's so funny. You... You say that just recently we had the Take On Board book club and we discussed Corinne Armour's book, Leaders Who Ask, and we were talking exactly this about in the boardroom uh, not being the expert and asking and being comfortable in that. So, yeah, similar concepts. Absolutely, absolutely. So the more, again, the more centred I am, the more I'll ask and use one yes. one mouth and two ears, right? Yes. So when you're doing that, if if we get to grips with how important the leading me part is, yes, that's when things change all around you. All yes. of it. Right? Mm. People fall away and yeah. other people will come in because that command worries some people who are mm. not there, but it also is very attractive. And I mean by that, magnetic. Yes. Right? It really is magnetic. Yeah. So the more we can get in there, the better. And um, there's lots of resources. Um, and we'll put them in the show notes. You know, there's I've got a couple of websites. One is creatingpowerfulresults.com. That you'll get resources on that of all sorts. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second one is the magsbell.com. That's also um, a speaker. So if people are really interested in me speaking more about these, and I, I do the leading me, I do silencing and a critic, and I do decision making made easy as my main topics. And I've got things like podcasts and YouTube and just the usual things. So we'll pop them in the show notes. Whatever takes your fancy, whatever your learning style is, go and find it. You can tell she's a podcast host as well because she's so effortlessly saying, 
We'll just pop that in the show notes as somebody who's been experienced behind the mic a number of times. So yes, there'll be a number of resources in the show notes. And folks, if you're listening to this while you're out for a walk, because I know that's how I listen to podcasts, just go to my website, heliasvenson.com.au and you will find the show notes and all of the links there. So sometimes when I'm out walking and the podcast disappears, you're like, no, where have all those links gone? So they're all on the website. You, like me, who sit in a car listening to podcasts galore, enjoy. Just enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy all of what Helia's got there because it's all great stuff. And I've listened to quite a few now, Helia. Oh, thank great, you. Great, great input from many people who have got the experience. And that's the main thing. Those who have experienced that can speak from that experience yeah. rather than just little snippets. So you get the really experienced people to help your tribe, which I love. Yeah. yeah. Oh. There. Go, and, go and have a look. Thank you. Well, thank you for being part of it. Um, thank you for saying yes to this invitation to be on the podcast and thank you for sharing your wisdom with the Take On Board community today. My absolute pleasure. Anytime, my darling. It's been great. And also happy to, if you get any questions or anything through from your side, pass them on and I'm more than happy to help and educate. It was what I was meant to do from an early age. I just didn't know it was going to be this. <laughs> That's right. You did, thought it was a PA teacher, but no, it is this instead. Oh, oh yeah, you just thanks. make this really easy. So thank you very much. Really good. So that's a wrap for the Take On Board podcast today. Thank you so much for being here and being part of the Take On Board community. I do this podcast because I love bringing good women together. So I invite you to join us over in the Take On Board Facebook group, an active group that helps, supports and cheer squads each other. Just search Take On Board in Facebook to find us. I'd really love it if you could also do some of the other podcast things. Share with someone you know who might get some value from our discussions. Subscribe if you haven't already. And, well, I also really love it when people rate and review. Thanks again for being part of the Take On Board community. Now go and put these tips, tricks and advice into action so you can be your best in the boardroom.